Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast from Treesill Investment Advisors Limited. My name is James Chu. I'm the head of investment solutions of Treesill. Today, I'd like to talk about the pound, a currency. Uh, I will look that with together with Jerry, who is our chief strategist here. I hope everyone actually is reading the press about the pound. I guess one of the things that surprises me, Jerry, and maybe you could give us some of your views on that is. I think a lot of our clients, our uh, professional investors, pay a lot of attention on asset allocation when they look at investment uh, for long-term investors. But in that, they seldom look at currencies. Uh, they seem to ignore that. What's your view? Do is it is there a good reason why we ignore currencies? Is it really relevant for long-term investors? Hi, James. Yeah. Just just a bit of background. I mean, both you and I and John have really deep experience in the currency markets from the various、uh, banks we've worked at and things we've done in the past. So I think our natural、yeah. inclination is to think that currency should be at the front of everybody's thinking. But yeah,、yep. you're right. A lot of people don't seem to think that way, and they say, "Okay, here's my asset allocation. I'm going to do you know equities, bonds, alternatives, cash." And they even talk about you know what sort of alternatives. I mean, gold for a lot of people is a ultimate hedge. This, that, and the other. But they really should be thinking. You know, what am I doing here? Am I,、mm. you know, am I going more into the dollar? Am I going more into pounds, euros? And I know that you know we generally tend to think that bond fund managers embrace currency risk as part of the process. But I think a lot of equity、uh, fund managers, you know, have to make a currency decision. And in my experience, a lot of them. Take the currency risk, or make an active decision to hedge. I mean,、mm-hmm. it's, it's a very binary sort of world out there,、mm. and I think the currency currency decision can be huge, because let's face it, we've had shocks. You know, yeah, the Swiss、uh, National Bank a few years ago decided not to defend the currency at the 120 level against the euro. Yep. And anybody who was in Swiss assets, you know, they had these huge market events. That either made or you know very good returns for you, or didn't, depending on what risk you had.、Mm. And in the UK, we had the EU referendum in 2016,、mm. where I, I talked to fund managers the day after. I was in their offices and I was talking on the phone with some and blew me with others. And if they had dollar assets as part of their portfolio, they were generally、yeah. not unhappy. If they didn't, they were very unhappy because of the currency risks and the moves in the market. Yeah, basically, what you're saying is effectively, if、uh, advisors or professional investor diversify the investment into outside UK into equities, bonds, alternative, they diversify the currency risk a bit, and obviously, they may say, actually, I don't need to look at the the currency risk myself, even for long-term investors. But recently, the pound has make make a new low. Before we talk about that, maybe we just quickly revisit what happened in the pound over the last few years. You you mentioned about the EU referendum. That's right, James. And I think the currency market. One of the reasons I've always loved it, even when I was starting out in this industry back in the mid '80s, is that the currency market doesn't really seem, you know, in terms of what you and I would describe as currency market. It's a dirty float in some cases, but for the most part, it's you know quite literally a free for all. Central bank intervention can or sometimes can't actually affect、mm. things. And it's one of the biggest daily volume markets in the world still, you know, over、mm. five trillion dollars per day.、Mm. They make a judgment that's very quick and can be very harsh. And and the eve of the EU, EU referendum, 
I was sitting there, you know, looking at stuff with clients and trading a little bit as well. And we were trading at 1.5 and sterling against a dollar cable. And mm. then once it became apparent that no, we weren't going to stay in the EU, then um, that dropped really fast. And I have friends who were texting me and doing stuff and saying, well, you know, 135 is a great place to buy. 132 is a great place to buy. And you're just going, this is uncharted territory because everything's changing. And the FX yeah. market reacted to that swiftly. Things were changing and we didn't know what the outcome was going to be at the end of the day. And the pound has stayed soft in my view since then. And, you know, we, I, you know, we talk with John all the time, John Carvey, our chief economist, and he's got a long-term view that below 1.5 sterling is too cheap. And I have to agree with him on, on many basics. On many, you know, the way you look at it, you know, 1.5 used to be near the floor, 1.5 to 135 ish. And now we're trading consistently below that floor. And there's a reason for that. In my view is that the market still doesn't really quite know what to make of this post EU UK trade UK, you know, any sort of economic data is, is being distorted still. And economic performance is being distorted. I mean, anybody who's got to file stuff with HMRC would have noticed the changes yeah. in terms of the questions they ask you about EU trade and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where Sterling has had its, in, in my views, it's, you know, it's knees whacked and it hasn't regained its mojo. And I think what happened last week when the Bank of England had a very dovish rate hike underlines that, you know, the Bank of England is very honest saying tough times are ahead and there are some potential recession risks. That's fine. Mm. The U.S., on the other hand, is saying things are looking great. You know, we're tightening because we need to, because workers are asking for more wages and inflation's sky high, blah, blah, blah. And the market was so quick in their judgment. I mean, the Fed went on Wednesday, Bank of England went on Thursday. Within an hour, the Bank of England, pound was under pressure. By the end of the week, the pound was below, well, trading below 123 at times, yep. which, yeah. which is, you know, not really great levels to be at if you're a fan of a strong pound. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? I talk to a lot of our, our clients and also advisors, and they typically ignore uh, currency. I, I use the word ignore, probably is the wrong word, but they probably don't want to look at currencies because they think that it is a, a trader's market. In other words, it's only for trading short-term traders. It's not for long-term investors. But you're right. I think the pound has remained weak for six years. It's 2016. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I still remember that it's complete reversal uh, back in uh, when you, the, uh, all the three of us were in American Ex Express Bank and went to New York, one pound equals to two US dollar. Those now are the days. <laughs> and now it's, it's like I was in the States earlier and they say, okay, the uh, inflation makes a, a cup of coffee more expensive already. But also because uh, uh, I'm, spending, uh, I'm spending a weak pound, so I pay more in the US for a coffee. Do you think yes. that's it's good to stay then, Jerry? This weak pound, are we coming to an end? Oh, I, that, I think that's the reason why most uh, fund managers and wealth managers think that FX is a day trader's paradise and forecasting it is so difficult. I mean, mm. uh, Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan back in 2004 basically said that you might as well flip a coin and try to guess which way it's going to come because they just there was very little um, potential to outperform the market and very little potential to try to come up with a forecast that could mm. give you meaningful gains on a sustained basis mm. in the currency market. Mm. However, mm. having said all that, do I think the pound's going to stay weak for a while? I think the risk is there, James. And that's why, you know, since we started Tricia a couple of years ago, we've always mentioned currency in terms of, 
okay, you're taking US equity risk, you're taking dollar risk, therefore, this is what you might expect in some sort of, a, a, you know, total return sort of sort of framework. We've always okay. embraced the view that currencies are important because mm. as cable falls, you get two things happening for UK-based investor. One, anything you have that's a non-sterling uh, investment, stocks, bonds, whatever, chances are you're going to make up for this on the currency side. Yep. And I've seen this, I mean, literally in my own portfolio where I have an allocation to US markets and the dollar side picks up. And you go, huh, I didn't lose as much money as I thought I might have because of the rate of return is calculated using FX as well, which is fine as long as the dollar stays firm. Now, Ooh. you also have that effect on the euro holdings where the euro is gaining ground against the pound, even though both are weak against the dollar on a relative basis, the cross rate is showing the euro gaining against the pound as well. Mm. So it's one of those things where I understand why wealth managers don't want to go into the FX forecasting business. But mm. you've mentioned diversification. I think it's one of those things where we have learned over time in the uk and this is going mm -hmm. back many years many decades that currency mm -hmm. diversification makes a lot of sense now one yeah. thing to keep in mind is is obviously that the currency gains at some stage it's going to switch around and we're going to see True. the pound gain and then you're going to get the reverse effect which is fine yeah as long as as long as you're embracing currency risk remember it's a double-edged sword the pound won't stay weak forever now, again, in the UK, James, and you and I have discussed this a few times, FTSE 100 seems to be the quote-unquote weak pound benefactor, if you know what mm, I mean. Because mm, 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 the running conversation is usually these are international companies, they make money in dollars, and a weak pound, they'll do good, which is fine. Mm, as long as that mm -hmm. mantra holds in the market and everybody looks at it that way, then I think FTSE 100 could be the outperformer this year if the pound stays mm. weak, and for a lot of other reasons. But, but for UK mm. investors, FTSE 100, if they, if they don't want to go abroad, they don't want to invest, you know, non-GBP currencies, FTSE 100 seems to be what they're attracted to. That's interesting. Let's probably, it's now the, 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 let's talk about the um, non-UK investors, shall we? We do have uh, someone listening to this podcast, probably a dollar-based or euro-based investor. Now, that seems to be a conundrum, isn't it? Because actually... Judging from what you say, FTSE 100 stocks actually will benefit from weak pound. But I'm holding a, an asset that actually the currency itself may depreciate against my uh, portfolio-based currency, either dollars or euro. So is there anything they could do? Yeah, James, and that's a big question mark. It's been hanging over the UK market since the EU referendum. Is why is the UK not attracting the flow that it used to in terms of investor interest? Hmm. And you know, even though the FCA and the Bank of England and those guys, you know, go around this topic forever, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're a dollar-based investor, let's say you're in the U.S., like let's say you're a Canadian dollar investor in Canada, then, yeah, it's easy for the pundits to say, look, the pound is cheap. You should be investing. You should be buying into the U.K. because it's a, quote-unquote, better value, and the pound has lost so much value. Mm. Investors, you know, yes, we all love the story of bottom fishing, but for the most part, they're trend followers. And I think... You know, when I first came to the UK back in the mid 80s or late 80s, and yeah. I was traveling around Europe talking about gilts, they all said, I, we don't hold gilts. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, the currency, it kills us every time because it mm. moves around so much. Mm. And I think the UK as a place where you don't really go in there because the currency is volatile, it still, it still has a reputation. Now, mm. having said that, at some stage, the pound is going to be so cheap that our business, yeah, I got to buy it. You could point to maybe you know Chelsea Football Club being bought by a bunch of Americans 
maybe you know that that's in the news headlines maybe it's because the pound is so cheap and they're saying wow we get this here keep in mind you know 10 11 12 years ago pound used to trade at, at two like you said yeah, so it could yeah. Be one of those things where they're saying we'll get you know 70 percent markup just because the pound will go our way someday mm, but mm. that's a very risky proposition yeah i still remember you're right about the pound uh i used to uh Oh, my very first job used to work for uh, a currency trader in Citibank, and he basically told me that among all the currency, pound is the one that is it jumps a lot. And uh, when he's trading proprietary positions, both of the traders get it wrong and get badly burned. I think probably that's one of the reasons why people were avoiding this. Yeah, interestingly, yeah, interestingly though, is it's just a, a sidetracking a little bit because uh, for institutional investor, if they could use futures. They could use a dollar asset as a margin and use it to 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 pay for uh, futures of FTSE 100. Now, in that case, they have only the return in currency risk, but not the notion of the investment because they use the futures to to replicate. So there may be one way to do it, but it's not easy for non-institutional investors. I'm not even sure it's easy for institutional investors. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, there's lots of ways of trying to take advantage of the currency move. And, and do something with a nominal asset as well. Mm. And, and I think a lot of you know our clients would be looking at this going, yes, this is creating opportunities. And that's yeah. the sort of stuff we talk to them about. But for your, you know, for your traditional long only wealth manager, the pound in our view is something that should be a part of their asset allocation process. And when they allocate stuff to the, you know, let's say the US market, S&P 500 or whatever, they should be thinking, okay, am I embracing the currency risk? Or do I want to hedge it out? And mm. I think in our view, most of the time we say you should be embracing currency risk. Now yeah. that's going to change. And I think when the pound or if the pound trades against the dollar, let's say below 114 down towards parity, you know, the all-time lows are at 105, 1.05 made back in 1985. It's going to be one of those things where you have to look really hard and say, is the pound too cheap now? And do I actually want to make sure that my returns aren't sterling if, if I do mm. go into international markets? Yeah. That's a good point, isn't it? I think so. Basically, what you say is that for most of the uh, sterling-based investor or wealth managers, probably keeping diversified, don't use hedged um, uh, funds like the, the when I say hedged funds means the funds that invest in bonds or stocks, not hedging the currencies. Uh, probably just keep it in the on the denomination uh, currency in dollars or euros. That's a good thing, right? In my view, yes. I mean, I think that's what we've always talked about, and yeah, as, as part of our research process. But, where we but when should we? I think. Clients. Yeah, let's publish. There's the last question now for you, Jerry. Is what do you? When do you think the pound will turn around? What will be the signals that actually our clients or wealth managers say, "Hang on a minute, now I need to use uh, funds that have the currency hedged." Right. Well, one of the things that we always look at is we, we talk with John and John, John Cavalier is like our long term, you know, asset allocation and market guru, because mm. that's a time frame he operates in. And I've worked with the guy since 96 and he's one of those guys who more often he'll get it right at the end. And he keeps thinking that the pound is too cheap and yeah. sometime it'll be at 1.5. In the current cycle, obviously, you know, he says, look, Bank of England is talking about the recession that might be lurking around the corner. The Fed is talking in terms of immaculate disinflation without a recession, right? So the market is naturally moving away from the pound and into the dollar. And the ECB is basically somewhere in the middle thinking that, yeah, things are going to have to change, but not right now. 
and they think that they're going to escape the worst of a recession or downdraft mm. in the economy. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where you're looking at things right now and you're saying, I can see where the pound is weak. What would make it go strong? One, everybody else stumbles. So if the dollar, if the U.S. economy stumbles badly, if the Eurozone economy stumbles a bit more, mm. then you can see on a relative basis why the pound would start to firm up against these currencies, which is fine. Mm-hmm. The other one is obviously things turn out to be better in the U.K. than we expect or fear. Yeah. And the U.K. is a resilient economy. The people here are very, very trade oriented. And mm. there's a good possibility. And here's where I, I'll throw my libertarian flag into the mix. That people just get on with stuff without government intervention. I mean, the government says we're here to help. As Ronald Reagan said, that's probably the most scary words in, in, in the world, right? Government officials saying, I'm here to help. And you go, oh. so I think business will get on with being business and the UK will do okay. Right now, we're weathering a bad patch. Um, and I think it might get a bit worse. So that's why I'm thinking we might break 120. We might go back to 114 against the dollar. Uh, but I think the euro might go back up to 0.9 maybe 0.94, something like that, which would put sterling euro, if you look at it the other way around, well below 1.15 and back towards testing 110 and maybe 107. So we're looking for the pound to weaken a bit more. Mm. And I think once that happens, if the UK economy does actually manage to duck this recession bullet and the other countries you know, moderate their growth and we get the cycle turning again, then I think the pound will have a decent chance of rallying again. And that's when we'll be telling our clients, hi guys, you know, if you've got exposure in other currencies, you may want to think about some sort of hedge or going into different instruments because now ETFs and funds offer things in so many different ways that you can get yeah. you know, hedge cur- currency hedge stuff, you can get non-hedge stuff. And I think that's the time we'll be saying, yeah, the pound's a bit too weak and it's going to start, you know, potentially coming back to uh, quote unquote mean reversion levels, which in the case of cable will be back above 140 and uh, maybe, maybe, who knows, reaching that mythical 1.5 level again. Yeah. People haven't seen that in so many years now. And in 1.5, like John says, used to be near the floor. Take away, Jerry, keep diversified in international assets. Don't worry about currency risk against the pound for the time being. Uh, this is mainly for sterling-based investors. Watch the UK economic figures, see whether actually the recession is as bad as forecast or actually economy do better. Then maybe it will be time to actually hedge the ex- international currency exposure and probably pound will strengthen a bit again. Yeah, and for international investors, because the UK does offer a lot of really interesting uh, equity ideas and equity opportunities, is when the pound gets, let's say, closer, you know, below 120, 114, those levels, it's a time to embrace sterling risk, you know, because mm. you can get the double whammy where yeah. the company does okay and you get the, eventually, you get the currency moving in your favor. Excellent. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for everyone who listened to this podcast. Um, at Teresa, we do a lot of different uh, strategy pieces. One of the things that we start to, to do a little bit more are currency outlook, not only for, not only for trading uh, clients, but for uh, advisors and wealth managers as well. So we want to uh, get some of our sample papers. Drop us a, an email at info at advisors with an O.com info at treesale-advisors.com. Um, we'll do more podcasts like this uh, in future. And until then, goodbye from us. Thank you, James. Goodbye, everybody.